Welcome. I am a lay Shin Buddhist who nevertheless maintains an interest in the broader realm of Pure Land and Mahayana Buddhist teachings. My YouTube channel is called Akala Akala, that is A-C-A-L-A-A-C-A-L-A. In these podcasts, I make a non-scholarly, humble, and sometimes bumbling attempt to explore a particular topic or question related to the wonderful Buddha Dharma. I hope you find them to be of interest. With that said, let us begin. So, just to set the time frame for this particular podcast, I'm now 71 and a half years old, and it's 2020, and it was back in 1979 that I had a spiritual awakening type experience outside the context of any religion or belief system with regard to spirituality. And as I studied, as many of you know, I ended up gravitating toward Buddhism as the way to explain my experience of relief from anxiety that I had at that particular time. So I want to share with you a couple of things that I did at the time, some aspects of which may resonate with one or more of you who are listening to this podcast. The first little blurb that I want to share is called Who I Am. Let me tell you right now, I'm no saint. As a matter of fact, I'm a person with plenty of bad habits and personality flaws. I'm too embarrassed to tell details, but believe me, I've had my share of problems. Thankfully, I've discovered something that has helped me with my problems, and I think that it might help you too. I guess everybody's looking for happiness. That's certainly been a goal for me. Some people believe that happiness comes from owning things. You may be one who has already realized that this isn't so. Yeah, I'd like to have a lot of money to buy things too, but let's face it, that's not the path to lasting happiness. Or maybe you're one who believes that happiness is to be found in, quote, true and everlasting love. What's the divorce rate these days? Of course, friendship is a great source of satisfaction, but have you thought about how many remain friends when the going gets rough? The Christians say Jesus is the answer to the problem of suffering, and they're right. If you can invite Jesus into your life and have faith in him as your Savior, you don't need to read on. Unfortunately, I can't accept the Christian view of salvation. If you're one who's looking for an answer to the problem of personal suffering and realize that it's not to be found in the material or interpersonal worlds, but you're unable to relate to the mainstream religion offered in this country, I may have something useful to share with you. So what is this to which I'm referring? Well, it's an alternative faith-oriented religion, one that's been around for a long, long time, and that millions upon millions of people have believed in over the centuries. What I want to expose you to is Shin Buddhism. So anyway, I wrote this as kind of a preface back at that time when I was 40 years old, which would have been about eight or nine years after my sort of conversion to Buddhism. And I used it as kind of a preface to say that I was going to give explanations of Shin Buddhism. And so as not to sound too arrogant in that regard, I raised the question in the last paragraph to the effect of what qualifies me. And I said, well, let's get this straight. I'm a lay person. I don't have any credentials to teach about Buddhism, but I have studied it for nine years. I do live my life by it. And I was born and raised in America. 
So maybe, just maybe, I can get across some of these ideas in a way you will understand. But if you do get turned on, please read other things. And then I talked about supplying a list of suggestions for reading. But another thing that I did at the time was I wrote a little piece that is kind of related. And the topic of that other piece was what Amita expects of me. Now, any of you listening to this Pure Land Buddhism podcast already have the basic idea of what constitutes the doctrine within our particular lineage, our tradition. So I don't need to tell you about the kind of sort of grace, the gift that Amita gives us, unearned by us, to give us the assurance of a rebirth in his pure land. Now, when I expose myself to other kinds of traditions, particularly within the Christian framework, there creeps in, even though it's supposedly a, a system of pure grace, there creeps in sort of expectations of believers, of followers. And this, I think, happens in a pretty sometimes subtle way, sometimes explicit, blatant way, that people who belong to a particular tradition are expected to do this, that, and the other in order to be sort of continually worthy to reap the benefits and rewards of that particular doctrine or system of belief. And again, I don't think that that's the, that's the message, for example, that Jesus gave any religious tradition of pure grace. But of course, if there is pure grace, then the question of what's expected of us is a relevant one. Because if nothing is expected, is that potentially a path toward so-called nihilism or antinomianism? In other words, where, where people feel they can do evil things because there's no consequence in the context of already having been saved. So anyhow, this was kind of a relevant question for me at the time, and I drafted something that refers to the topic of what Amita expects of me. And in that, I indicated that for over eight years, I have felt absolutely assured that Amita's embrace extends to me. I have been profoundly comforted by his merciful promise, confident that I will reach Buddhahood when this lifetime ends. The question has arisen for me, however, as to what I should do with the rest of my life until then. As I reflect on this question, a most critical consideration seems to be, what does Amita expect or want me to do? I don't believe that Amita expects me to consistently conform to moral precepts. He knows that my karmic condition is such that I can't. That's why he made his compassionate original vow. The author of the Tani Show tells how Shinran taught that, quote, Entrusting yourself to the primal vow requires no performance of good, for no act can hold greater virtue than saying the name. Nor is there any need to despair of the evil you commit, for no act is so evil that it obstructs the working of Amida's primal vow. Shinran also said, quote, I know nothing of what is good and evil. This being so, I am relieved to conclude that Amida certainly must not expect good behavior from me. Nor do I believe that Amida expects me to become proficient in knowledge of the Dharma or in the performance of religious practices. It says in the Tani Show, quote, All the sacred writings that explain the significance of the truth and reality of other power teach that if one says the name entrusting to the primal vow, one attains Buddhahood. The name is meant to be easy to say for the person unfamiliar with even a single character, 
and ignorant of the threads of discourse in the sutras and commentaries. Hence, it is called the easy practice, close quote. Shinran himself said, quote, I simply accept and entrust myself to what a good teacher told me. Just say the name and be saved by Amida. Nothing else is involved, close quote. I can't imagine that Amida expects my understanding and practice to involve more than his. I therefore merely rely on Amida's power and say his name in gratitude. Namo Amida Putsu. Now, if Amida thus expects nothing of me, it does not follow that he wishes nothing of me. I believe there are some behaviors Amida prefers to see, and I am motivated to try hard to please him. For example, my sense is that Amida wants me to do what I can to see that my son grows up healthy in body and mind. I feel he also wants me to nurture a gentle and giving spirit toward those close to me, and to do the best job I can at work. A final example of my view of what Amida wishes, as contrasted to what he expects, is that he wants me to make efforts to clarify his teaching for the benefit of others. That is why I have written this article. In Gasho, Namo Amida Butsu. With that, I will sign off by reciting the Nembutsu, in gratitude for being embraced and accepted just as I am by Amida Buddha never, never to be abandoned. Namo Mirabots, Namo Mirabots, Namo Mirabots.